Is this the calm before the storm then? Very quiet. I totally agree. <laughs> my uh, my hands are greasy on my mouse. So sweaty. So nervy. All <laughs> the same here. Fingers also sweaty uh, with the mouse pad. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> lots of people in here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, yes, I make a, a little speech. <laughs> I prepared the... So hello everybody, welcome to the official launch of the platform. Uh, well, it's exciting to see all of you here. And uh, yeah, we put a lot of work into, into bringing you to this version with lots of improvements to the platform as well as establishing a stable state for the future. Thanks to all the moderators who've been acting in the shadows and in the light as well in the past month to, you know make the platform what it is. Also, special thanks to, to Liquid, who's been working with me on... Uh, well, he's been working mostly on itself, on setting up the infrastructure and uh, bringing this, uh, this great uh, backend in a server that we have now. And uh, yeah, so I wanted like to, to make uh, this little speech to, to gather some energy. It's not really formal, I didn't prepare anything. And uh, thanks you all for being here. Thank you all for the energy that you brought to the platform and that you're still bringing every day. And oh, I'm so excited. Uh, it's been a lot of work. So yeah, if you want to talk, if you want to, to share your excitement, I thought that it would be great to do it together before the launch without necessarily me talking on my own. So if you have something to share, let it go. Hello everyone, welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash, or in today's case, today's events. My name is Trinity and I'm joined by my good friend Will. And before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money and the market surrounding it. And that said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun, for conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. And if you're feeling extremely generous, we always love to see some donations at our Tez wallet address, Waiting to Sign Tez. And with that, Will, hello, we're back. Trinity, we're back. It's surreal. It is so weird. I love it. So. You know, you just you just plugged all of our socials and our donation wallet. And someone asked me this week, "Hey, do you accept tokens to the donation wallet? Like, if I wanted to send you something from my collection, would you take it?" And I think the answer, if you're if if you're comfortable for me with me speaking for you, I think the answer is yes. I love it <laughs> like when men us, speak for me, Will. So yes, yes. well, yes. <laughs> In this case, yes. You, you know what? You should feel lucky that you're even invited to be on the podcast, Trinity. Oh, I, I know. I, I just count my blessings every single day. You know it. 
yes, we accept Tez and we accept tokens. Just making that public knowledge because it wasn't, I guess, abundantly clear. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a really long day. I forgot about these long mint cycles. This one is very extremely long. It's 48 hours. We're going to be sleeping through a chunk of it here, but it's kind of slowed down. I would say after about five o'clock our time. Yeah, and we've seen that, you know, in normal minting time as well. But there is the fear of going to bed and all the Europeans waking up and then all of a sudden, hey, we just missed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we're going to have to kind of retrain ourselves to deal with the FOMO again. We kind of had a break the past, well, we've had a literal break the past month almost of no new mints and then even the month or two previous to that, there wasn't too much to stress about. It was pretty casual. Just kind of sit back, count your Tez, and maybe there's a couple can't miss drops a week. But how many can't miss drops were there today? There were a few. Um, some of those must get drops. I mean, specifically the one uh, Kindergarten Mountains, which we'll probably talk about, right? I assume so. Yes, we that's will. the one I don't <laughs> think I will ever FOMO about just from missing it. But some pretty good stuff today. Yeah, really good stuff today. When we're recording this now, it's been about 13 hours that we've been open at 1.0, and there's been over 300 releases. Insanity. And that's not even counting, you know, do you technically want to count a collaborative token as like two? Because there's two artists. It's one piece. It is one One ID number. Well, that makes it easier for us to keep track. Exactly. There's not much news or anything to talk about. The news is it's back. Uh, some, Some growing pains, obviously. Some... Some stiffness in the system. The indexer is a little slow. We're still waiting on some reveals. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is, is that it we are at the 1.0 release. We are officially out of beta. We have a whole slew of new features, new functionality. And artists were using them. And they were being used. And a lot. <laughs> I really did notice a big difference when going through some of the uh, the mints today. The, the automated Dutch auction, that's a huge one, in my personal opinion, because it's very transparent about when things will be reducing in price. You don't need to reload the page to get the new price. It's very smooth, very seamless. And I think the other big one that's completely changed the way that I think artists will be minting pieces is the reserve list. I think it's one of the only like allow list functionalities that we have at launch with more to come. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you know we knew going in that some drops were going to be using this reserve list pretty aggressively, right? Like the Janelle Lynn uh, that was kind of looking at whoever held Cloud Atlas, and then Alluvium for Chaos Research, right? So we knew that there were going to be some of these drops, but there were far more that I think weren't really announced that we're going to utilize this. Like Jerez tried to do a drop with the reserve list. Uh, Lander Herzog used used a reserve list in a way to like just if you had a token of theirs you could get them in like i didn't know that i went and looked at the drop and i was like oh you have one reserved no guarantees that you'll get the reserve but theoretically there will be a a bunch that are set aside for people who have reserves and and the important thing is probably by the time the drop is made and like in the system going and getting like a lander herzog piece to try to get in you know into the system the snapshot's done right so every every single person or every single wallet that's got a reserve piece is like one less that a bot can get Right, and they can't they can't go get it after the fact when they see that there actually was a reserve function here. So there's almost like a new tool for you know yes, one way artists can announce them, and then they can kind of spur some secondary action. But you can also like not announce that you're going to use that, and then you're really only rewarding 
like true, true holders and fans of your work. And I think that's actually a really interesting thing about shutting down bot networks, because even though, you know, obviously bots can hold pieces and not sell them just for the ability to get on the allow list, it's really that network effect that makes the most successful. You have 10 wallets out there that are minting every single block to kind of gas everybody else out and to get as many as possible, which if you wanted to do that with, you know, 10 wallets, you would need to have 10 pieces or whatever the criteria is to be on the reserve list. So it's actually quite effective at curbing some of those strategies. And did you really notice a lot of botting, like what you would call like actual botting today? I don't think so. Like, I, like like we used to? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Some of them were very fast. And there was a overall trend, I would say, that you ha- did have to gas every single transaction. But I don't think that was because of bots or because of FX hash particularly. I would need to go back and read the ciphered announcement. But it seems like there were shenanigans on the network. I think that it's like a kind of a knock-on effect of this network upgrade that happened with Tezos a few weeks ago. It actually kind of resolved itself, at least for me, by the end of the day, I wasn't needing to use gas to get through. There was just kind of this period of a few hours today that if you weren't putting in, like, for me, the match number was 0.5. I know looking at Discord, there are a lot of people who are struggling trying to do like 0.1 or 0.2 Tez, extra gas, even on like a free drop, right? Just to get the get the transaction to confirm. 0.5 was successful, but I, I'm, I don't think that'll be the new norm. I hope not. It's fine. It's not a huge amount if you're going from 0.001 to 0.01, which I think was the sweet spot that I was using at the end of the day. And it was pretty successful. I got a couple of the very frantic mints, uh, Jairus in particular, but it's not one of those things that's accessible to new users. You know, there are a couple of things that we've talked about in the past that are watch out items for FX hash, I think, in particular, to try to make things accessible and intuitive. So as long as we can avoid gas wars or anything of that nature, we should still be fine. Yeah. And so someone who's new to the site, who's new to Tezos, new to FX hash, they go, they, you know, they load up a wallet, they try to mint and they just get this error that doesn't tell them what's wrong. And there's no one there unless you're in the discord or have like a, like us, like we're fortunate to have from our months of involvement in the community, like a network of people that we can all be DMing each other and be like, here's the problem. Like you got to use gas, like do this, do that. Right. Like if you don't have that support network and community that you're plugged into, you're just going to assume the whole thing's broken. <laughs> and that's that's not what you want. But that's that's kind of beyond FX Hash's realm of control, unfortunately. And hopefully it was just a day one thing. This could be a podcast about Temple or Kukai, but it's not. Uh, that's another show. If anybody wants to start oh. it, we will possibly listen. You know, maybe it would be it would be great to get someone from Temple or Kukai on the show just so that we can harass them about adding more NFT features <laughs> in there. Like, I want to be able to see my tokens more nicely arranged in one of those wallets. Can you just put a, a gallery in here? Can you please just work with Deca yeah. directly? Come on. Why would I have to link my wallet to another service when you can just have it in the wallet? So by the way, so interesting, the new contract, so I'm sure anyone who minted today, and you probably noticed this Trinity and Kukai, it kind of like gives you a little menu of like where your FX hash tokens are. That menu, there's now a second set in Kukai because we're we're operating on this new contract now. So all the old beta tokens are sequestered into like their their section and all the new tokens are now in this new section. And the reason I bring this up is because in DECA, 
like unlike on ETH, where ETH has a NFT standard, like the ERC721 token that everything uses for M- NFTs or almost everything, there's also 1129. There's no standard in Tezos. So for a site like DECA, they actually have to custom roll every single type of NFT. So like Versum uses a different standard than old FX hash versus now new FX hash. So I went to add my stuff in DECA and it's like not ready yet because they haven't integrated this new contract into their thing yet. That's something I didn't know about Tezos and how kind of like, in a way, it's still an immature chain, I guess, in that sense of no one's put in that work to create a standardized contract or set of rules for all NFTs kind of integrating with each other. The maturity is one of the biggest items that people probably compare Tezos against uh, Ethereum. Because there was also that incident maybe a week or so ago where the whole entire transaction site just went down for hours and nobody could mint anything. Nobody could sell anything. It was... Right. That was probably during the upgrade moment. It was after the upgrade, but... Just after it, yeah. Guess what? We get really good art at at price levels that we can afford and we we should probably talk about it. We have more projects written down for discussion here than we've had in many, many episodes, even week long episodes prior to the hiatus. Where would you like to start Trinity? We could start with the biggest drop. <laughs> I don't want to like Crankarda? bury the lead. You, Crankarda? Is that where you're going with it? Or are you going to go with? I was going to go with the Yazid Zenkan. Okay, fine. We already said that we would talk about it. So we might as well talk about it. Well, you said biggest drop, but yeah, I guess Yazid and Zenkan. By market cap, ahead. it's the biggest drop yes, of the day for cap, sure. Yes, 100%. It already has 32,000 Tez on the secondary. So yeah, it did it did 200k in primary sales and 32k in secondary sales. So this is this is project 11104 and this was the initially rumored and then recently confirmed collaboration between Zankan and Yazid two FXS legends. They came together and they made a project called Kindergarten Monuments. Unfortunately named, I would say. But I you know what, it's a pun. I'm a dad now, so maybe I'm supposed to be a sucker for these types of things. I love a good pun. A uh, Dutch auction that started at a thousand Tez, which I think was a number that a lot speculated on and maybe only half believed. It was like, no. Well, I mean, I know I was like throwing a thousand out there. Other people were, but I don't know if I really believed they would start at a thousand. And they did. It went from a thousand to 888 to 666 and finished at 520. Just unreal, unreal drop. And it sold at a thousand. That that's the craziest yeah, like thing. Thirty or forty or fifty of them, yeah. right? It did decent numbers at a thousand, which was shocking. I know I mean, I know some people were like, if they started at a thousand, it'll mint out at a thousand. Because if you're anchoring off of what Garden, Garden Monolith is at, like a solid six thousand test floor, you're basically just printing money if you can afford to get started, right? The floor right now is like one point two K. And twenty three sales already, so that's pretty big. And the 2200 sale was actually Yazid purchasing one right, on the secondary. He picked up like a Mondrian one, right? Yes. And it was like, this is the most perfect one I've ever seen in my entire life. I must have it. And, you know, kudos, sir. You deserve it. Yeah. I think that there was some controversy going into this because it was held for an hour or so as they were finalizing some of the uh, the work. The work, or maybe they were having trouble getting it up into the system because of lag or last minute stuff. It, se- it seems like a lot, you know, for a lot of the artists, it was their first time looking at this new interface as well and looking at all the different tools available to them and how to set it all up. And with a, with a drop like this, you got to make sure you're doing it right. 
you don't want to miss a decimal point <laughs> and accidentally sell it for a tenth of what you were intending. Yeah. So I would say the reception to this initially was very good. I would say initially when it before it released and there were just the eight variations you could flip through, I could sense that there was some amount of concern maybe is the best word, just because you don't have the number of outputs to flip through. Right. I mean, yes, there was definitely some concern of like, will this do the same levels as Gardens Monolith? Like should, for the few people who are privileged enough to be able to mint at a thousand, I think there was some talk of like, should I be minting at a thousand? Should I be waiting? Like, will this actually go down? My intuition looking at it was that it would not mint out at a thousand, but it's always hard to tell, right? Like I didn't think the cipher drop was going to mint out at a hundred. I mean, that's like an order of magnitude more. <laughs> Almost literally. And I mean, it's just an open question of like, is there literally 300,000 Tez worth of people logged on to, you know, mint a project like this out at a thousand? And we're still such a small community. It's hard to get that much money together. Plus everyone has money that they want to spend on other projects coming out too. But that being said, it still did $200,000 or 200,000 Tez worth of volume on the primary. So it's pretty close. It's crazy. And you know, this was the first big collaboration that we've seen every single output of. I know that there was concern up front about, you know, is this going to be a garden monoliths with some hashed cities in there? That was my concern. Yes. And I think it was a shared concern. I, you you know, I, you're not the only person I've heard that from. I, I will say this is closer to what I was concerned about than not, you know, mm -hmm. and you maybe some people will think that's unfair. I would say personally, when it comes to collaborations, like this is not what I want to see from two artists. I would rather see something like original. But on the other hand, like this is what Zankin's known for. He's got this amazing algorithm. Like this is what he does. Like he does like about one a week on Versum or Object or wherever, you know, some new variation of this. So I guess I should say I it's 100% in the realm of what I expected, but it's not what I hoped for. I was really hoping for some divergence here. And maybe we'll see that as like this collaboration process matures and like people aren't rushing so much to get things out in the opening week or opening month. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's the tender collaboration as well. So that's not even an artist collaborating with another artist. It's two minds meeting. And so there's almost no chance of that being derivative of two different styles. Oh, we'll see. I haven't seen it. Me neither. <laughs> I don't, we don't really know very much about it. So, you know, like all we know is that there is a tender collaboration coming. But yeah, look, like the people who went in were seemed really happy. Like Galaxy minted many and was was really happy on Twitter publicly talking about it. Um, some other really well known names from FX Hash and outside of F FX Hash even came to the platform to mint this, right? Like Zeneca was here. Mm -hmm. For anyone who knows of them, I know that they're more known in like the board ape kind of ETH world. But hey, if you can get those people over here and get them spending a thousand Tez, which is like a whole ETH, <laughs> you it's know, crazy. that's like a whole ETH, right? So that's, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's good for the, good for the platform for sure. The other, the other thing that just crossed my mind as we look at that 200,000, uh, Tez number is that now is a really great time to be holding anything that's green. I was just going to say that Scooped I was just, it. that, that Zankin's got the new infinite money glitch and you should be adding a zero to anything green that you have on the market right now, because I think we've seen that he's not a saver. No. You know, he's not he's he not in this to stake. It. Yes, he's in this to it seems he's in this to have fun and grow his collection and participate in the community. 
which is also what, you know, makes it easy to love what he does. Question for you. You know, we just kind of wipe the prices away. We're looking at the art. Would you rather have one of these or garden monoliths? Easily a garden monolith. Easily. Yeah. Do you have any favorite outputs or any preferred styles from this? Because there's actually a ton of variation, like way more than what we've seen on anything that Zancan has done, which is one thing that I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. They definitely did some stuff here with like playing with different levels of terrain and perspective, like getting away from the perspective that Zancan usually uses. You know, showing the ground. I know some people are like, you can see the dirt, right? Like you can never see the dirt. I don't dirt know if that's how dirt grows, but okay. <laughs> uh, and, and then doing some, you know, Yazid style, like pattern stuff. And, and the you celestial can see his, object his in the background, here. like what you, you would get from the hash cities. For, for me, I think there's more color disparity in these outputs. And so I would be looking for one that like uses the Mondrian color palette as like one that I would go after. And probably one that has like more focus on the blocks and has like kind of an even distribution of elements. But I haven't flipped through all of them to really. First of all, I have don't have the money to do it, so it doesn't really matter. Looking is free will. But yes, yeah, so there's definitely some palettes that if I minted them, I'd be less happy with for sure. And, and I don't know if I'm a big fan of like the the ones that are cropped in circles, mm. where you, it kind of feels like you're getting only half a piece there. But those might look a lot better when you plot them. I agree with you on like some of the color palettes. When I see the ones that are just purely blue for a reason, those I don't like as much. The red is fresh and interesting. I like the shade of red. And the ones that are kind of like the neon colors where it's like the pinks and the yellows and the blues, that's interesting. I haven't really seen much of that in either of their works as far as I can recall. Yeah, it must be a rare palette. I see one here for 3500 Look, it was cool to see. For me, it was like just, you know, I didn't have literal popcorn, but that's kind of what it was. It was like uh, a spectator sport watching this happen and seeing who, kind of seeing where it would go. And, you know, I, I if it had hit 300, I could have minted one. And by the time it was getting through 666 and we had like, we had only just minted half, it's like, are people running out of gas? Like, am I going to get to mint one of these? And I absolutely would have minted it if it had gotten to a point where I could have afforded it. But... 500 ish or 520 where it was that feels that feels right yeah as like the end point for and this. that's actually sorry side note it's a cool feature of the new fxs interface on dutch auctions is not only does it show the entire price progression but it also tells you the price at which it minted out although when there are reserved pieces left over that gets messed up because like it keeps ticking so there's a few that were dutch auctioned where the artists i think reserved five for themselves and then it like went all the way down to the bottom tier which kind of is annoying but it's okay. I also want to thank the, in my mind, the third collaborator on this project, or Kislev. I don't know if you noticed this. Oh, wow. But <laughs> the, block the blocks are yeah. so reminiscent to me of Arbitrary Vessels, which was their breakout yeah. piece. They should definitely throw them a little test. I know. Maybe buy some stuff on the secondary, uh, get those royalties in. But overall, enjoyable, an iconic moment, an iconic day for FX Hash, just this release. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing thing to have organized for day one. And even though it's, in my opinion, not as, as great as the original, it's still awesome. I'm happy it's out there. I'm not, like, mad no. at it. You can't be. I can be. You can be you mad at me. anything. No, you're not a mad person. <laughs> yeah. I'm concerned. Yes. All right. I think we've we've done that one justice. Let's see. Should I pick one yeah, now? Yeah, go for it. All right. I'm going to hold off on Quincarta. And... 
I think it would be interesting to talk about the two main reserve list ones that we knew going into this, like Jin Yao Lin's Requiem Cloud and Alluvium's Chaos Memory. I think we can kind of talk about them together in a way because like we've seen them actually so much in these in these weeks now leading up to today and watch some people kind of buying tokens, trying to get themselves reserved for these. The Jin Yao Lin one was free to anyone who reserved it. It was a Dutch auction, but if you held off until the bottom level, like anyone who was on the reserved got it for like 0.002 Tez or something like that. Whereas the Alluvium was uh, anyone who was reserved was able to buy it for like 32 Tez for the first couple hours. And then it was opened up at 64 Tez for the public. If So if you were if you were delinquent in claiming yours, you kind of missed your spot. Mm-hmm. With that said, the Requiem is actually still available. So if you were on vacation or have been sleeping under a rock, there are still 16 reserved Requiems available to mint for 0.002022 Tez, which is crazy. Yeah, I wonder who I wonder who is supposed to have those. I think that's a really kind of unstated feature or an understated feature of the reserve list is that it takes the time pressure off. Depending on how it's being worked, you'll be able to come back and not try to race. You can take a nap, is what I'm saying. We're gonna need one of those services. So on ETH, there are these like because there's so many airdrops for all the different flavor of the week. DeFi sites, there's just like these sites you can go and plug your wallet in and it'll tell you what airdrops you have unclaimed based on what like sketchy thing you interacted with in the past. And sometimes pe- people will go to those periodically and realize they have like a hundred grand worth of like airdrops to claim. That's what we kind of need for this now is like for someone who's kind of a lapsed user who's been away for three months to come back and see like what little reserved pieces that they have still that they can go mint. Because if, if you're not on Twitter and you're, and you're not watching, there's no way to know, right? Like that you have it. You'd have to manually find it. Any blockchain developers, reach out. We can make this happen together. Well, they can make it happen. We no, can, we can make it happen together. Under our what? <laughs> under our management? <laughs> under our um, our vision and expertise. How about that? Gotcha. Okay. I like that. Well, what do you think of these drops? I th- like them both quite a bit. And I know that some might be, or some people might be disappointed by saying that they're just, you know, the next step in the drops that they're based off of for the people who are on the reserve list, but they're also outstanding, I personally think. Alluvium, I mean, when did Chaos Research come out? Like Christmas, right? It came out like right at the end of December is my memory. I think I was like at my mom's house for Christmas when that came out. So they've been working on that one for four months now or almost. So it's Clearly not just like a cut and paste, like what can I do with my algorithm to get another drop out there? It was certainly a deliberate mm-hmm. process and I'm sure a ton of new work went into it. And, and honestly, same with Jin Yao, right? Like it's been over a month and you can see like what, what he did with the colors and just now all the different like movement patterns and other things. Like unfortunately mine, I didn't think was very cool. <laughs> I didn't get any of the new features. I just got a brown one, like just like a normal ass brown one, but some people got really, really, really excited. Some of these palettes are just absurd. Sure. And I love the depth on all of these. I think that's maybe the number one differentiator for me on the Genial in comparison to Cloud Atlas. You know, it, it feels so much richer, like even looking at the thumbnails. And I know that that is something that gets better as you get further into the piece and look at the previews. And the palettes are just insanity. 
And, uh, you know, chaos memory for me, I was actually on the list for this one too, because I got a chaos research way back in the day when I thought I was going to be clever and like flip it. <laughs> I think I bought it at like 140 and I was like, all these whales are in on this one. I'm going to exit this one at 500 and just didn't happen. So did you end up getting it at 32? I did. And I think mine is pretty cool, actually. I got kind of like a grayish blue, cool blue palette. It's it's a little more monochromatic than some of the others, but you know some collectors really like that. I, I think it doesn't stand out as much as the ones that are more colorful, but I feel like this piece in general has done a really, it is really complementary to Chaos Research. Like it doesn't do the same thing that Chaos Research did. It doesn't have that animation. It doesn't have that oily, inky feeling. It feels almost like the stain that might've been left over by you know, the, the chaos research here, like after it had dried up and evaporated there's, there's this really great cohesion between the two, but they, I do think they feel really distinct. They absolutely are distinct. And, you know, even just going into the naming conventions, like the chaos, the research implies what are you doing before the chaos happens? And the memory is what's been left behind. And so it is really kind of telling like a full story minus the middle part, which would, I guess, just be the chaos. Maybe that's coming next. But I really like this piece a lot. To me, it is solidly in that category of art to hang on walls, which is obviously always a a bad like criteria for like judging things. But it is just so beautiful, so rich. I would love to see a high-res one just to kind of see the detail that you can get out of it. You know, the interesting thing with these now, like these are kind of our first data points in like what's the secondary market behavior going to be with pieces like this that really weren't botted right like i think we've seen a lot of the time that drops that start high in in price and go into collector hands primarily tend to actually have lower floors than like pieces that were open mints and got botted and flipped and fomoed into like there's no fomo here you either got it or you didn't and i guess the only fomo is like do you have to have six and I guess for some collectors, they're going to want to have that many because they so much believe in the artist or they so love it or they have plans for galleries, physical or, or virtual. But you don't have that same level of like, I don't know, it feels like there's it's missing that speculative opportunity now because of the way that they were distributed. And that's primarily in relation to Requiem, right? Which was a functionally free mint. Well, yeah, but also I would say for Chaos Memory, I mean, like the floor here is good it's 100 so even if you minted it at 64 you're ahead but we've had 51 secondary sales you know usually on a heavily flipped project like like thinking back to like fragments or thinking back to some of the um uh aspergo from demarchi where you'd see in 24 hours you'd see more secondary sales than primary mints right there'd be so much volume and so much churn driving up the price over time because there's so much FOMO and interest. And I think we're going to see these not exchange hands nearly as much and probably just have like a sta- like a more stable, predictable, hopefully increasing floor over time, not just like wake up and it's at a thousand the next day. Yeah. I mean, in some of those cases, as long as I've minted that things that that is at a thousand the next day, which has not happened yet. I don't, I'm not against that. I, I think the biggest interesting point, again, going back to the Requiem, which was the free mint, is that it's really created a, a new narrative or a different narrative for how these free mints or these functional airdrops might go. I'm thinking about specifically things like Symmetric Clue, 
some of the other uh, airdrops that have happened in the past, uh, Rev Dancat's latest ones from right before we closed, they basically have seen very little secondary market activity. You see a little bit here or there, but much lower floors. And I think yep. the theory that we had been working with last last month or prior to this was that if you don't have a chance to get it or a chance to mint it, then you have slightly less interest, uh, interest in going after it on the secondary, right? This is something that we've talked about a couple of times. But maybe if the quality of the work is just this stupendous, maybe that doesn't matter. Yeah, and, Re and Requiem's getting sales. I mean, mm -hmm. No, it has amazing sales. It has 48 sales with a floor of 100. But if this was an open mint, it would have way more sales. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm saying that... And it might have a higher floor even like at this point. So that all of this is so new. It's so interesting. Like we're going to have to kind of do our best to mentally keep track of it. We don't have like big boards or anything where we're tracking this stuff week over week. We've got like Matt W and like Kahlo out there who will probably do a better job of tracking how these things work and like hopefully indicating some kind of, you know, box in the spreadsheet that says how these were distributed originally. So, so now here's the interesting thing, right? It's like we have these reserve functions. I think it's going to have a, a dampening effect on wanting to flip in a way. Because in a lot of these competitive open mints, you're usually lucky to get one, maybe two. And now there's kind of this like always going to be this like itch in the back of your mind. And this was even starting to happen, I would say, at the end of beta. Absolutely. When artists started doing more airdrops. But now it's like really formalized within the system and there are tools there for artists to do this. There's always going to be that little thing in your head that's like, I could sell this for a profit now, but am I going to be losing my reserve list spot in the future? And what's that going to cost me? Anyone who got the Jin Yao piece for free today, that's just like a free 100 Tez airdrop to you if you want to sell it right now. Just showing that it's it's a Ponzi scheme, Will. No, if you get in showing... early and you were able to mint it when it was mintable, then you get your free mint. But if you were a new user coming in today... Well, that's a problem though. Exactly. There are people who don't like that. But this is but this is the but the it counterbalances against rampant flipping and botting too, right? So it's it's a it's a delicate balancing act of like what kind of behavior do we want? Like would we prefer people to be buying and holding and maybe sitting with the art a little longer and, and actually getting to the point where they don't just view it as something to be flipped, you know, within a month or two? Or is this going to you know make bots even more like flagrant because now they're going to be flipping things at a greater premium because people are going to want these reserveless spots? So it's all going to come down to how how the artists use it, how much is telegraphed, and and all of that. But two great pieces, I think, to yeah. kind of kick off this new mechanic. Formally. We would be lucky if we had one of these in a week in beta, and people would be losing their shit so to speak. It's almost, it's crazy that these are all these things have come out on one day. Cause I just feel like our collective minds are being blown and broken by so much good quality stuff that's coming out. And I'm sure it's just the first of many to come and that we did not blow our proverbial wad on day one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's going to be a week's worth of wads to blow at least here. So I, I feel good about that conversation. Where should we go next? I think that we should take this to a surprise drop that I don't know if anybody was expecting or was telegraphed. And this was Simple Things by Marcelo M. Soriaro. Marcelo Soriaro. Who's eight? I don't think anyone knew. Nobody at all. knew. M. Soriaro knew. 
or did he he kind of his his coy twitter thing was like maybe i'll drop this so i don't know maybe that was just a little well we were talking to ken consumer in the discord ken had uh him on his show last week or the week before and ken said i had no idea this was coming yeah ken ken's motivation for uh having like an, a show that primarily interviews artists is 100 percent just to know what drops are coming before everyone else does and as soon as the artists figure that out, they're going to stop going on a show. But you know, I think I, I think for now they're they're totally happy to call into his radio show and let him know when this or that's going to drop. And but yeah, even he didn't he didn't get the alpha on this one. Yeah, so this was pretty crazy. It was a 447 edition Dutch auction that started at 19.7 and went down every five minutes. I don't remember what it was going down at because it minted out at the second interval, which is 16.5 Tez. Wow. I, I, it's not something that has like killed the secondary market, I have to say. It's done pretty well on the 24-hour chart, but you know, it's just a, a simple thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it is very simple. And I saw some criticism of this piece and it's kind of, it's tough, right? When you're like a big artist and you have a project that you think is fun and that you want to put out to just for the sake of having something to put out on the first day. And it's like, this is fun. This is cool. Like, I don't think it's going to be a masterpiece of mine, but I want to participate in day one and you put it out and you put it at a reasonable price, not anything crazy. It's kind of hard for them to escape the expectation that the public might still have of like, you know, I don't think he intended to put this out and have it go to, you know, 400 floor, like a, like a Contra Puntos or anything. I don't think that was at all his intentions. I don't know. I didn't have that expectation when I was minting it. I was like, I get it. This is just a fun thing. And it's a way for me to hold some more of his work and maybe there will be a reserve. That's true. <laughs> in the you future never know. For, right? I picked up one. I really like it actually. It's one of the red ones that has like an amazing, very contrapunta-esque blue and green and yellow dots over it. it it's a very contra-like palette on the dots. Not all the red ones have that, I have to say. And so it feels really nice. Quite a few of the palettes seem to be influenced by contras. Yeah, I think this it's just a very dynamic red here that speaks to me like and says that the most, although the gold as well. Yeah, and and the black ones too. The interesting thing here is that Marcelo likes to put little Easter eggs in. So after some back and forth on Twitter, it was eventually revealed that if you open it into full mode and you type extra, like literally type it, you'll get a whole second kind of form of the piece essentially the circles change to rectangles yeah but still that's like just a second mode and it's like a a cute little thing in there and it does add a little more dimensionality to the piece and you can change it back if you type extra again so you got a couple i got a couple i actually so I, i actually got four and then i sold one that i didn't like so now i and i sold it for a little over what i meant to i sold it for like 33 and so now i've got three left that are different diverse palettes and i'm just gonna chill with them and once see how they look in deco once deco's updated to the new contract and it's how what i want to do after yeah that. i managed to mint one because i wanted to get one of these it's really really fun not necessarily to flip uh, I, ha- I am listed and always be listed yada 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 but you know i made sure that mine is pretty much well above floor just because it is so nice and i wouldn't want this one to just go for nothing if you know what i'm saying also allow lists, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I've been watching them move. I don't expect it to do anything crazy, but it is, 
you know, one of those things where probably every time there's a new piece or a new rumored piece and his name comes up, collectors are going to go revisit that and the fours will move a little bit. So this actually speaks to, and I know that it's kind of, I'm interjecting at a semi-random spot here, but I wanted to note, and anybody who's been in Discord, they know this, is that the sales feed for the new projects has been down almost all day. It only came up a handful of hours ago. And I strongly suspect that that has had a crazy influence on the secondary market and that it would be moving 10 times faster or more if the sales feed had been up and running. You know, there are some pieces that I minted and I didn't even go back to check to see what they were or like to list them because I wasn't getting that trigger to go and see. First of all, how are we supposed to do our work when we don't have the sales feed? We need to know what's going on. But they got it up and running pretty quick, which is great. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow, right? If tomorrow is even half as busy as it was today to see if we see more secondary market action, like maybe we're off in our assessment that the reserve lists and the Dutch auctions have actually suppressed flipping. Like maybe it's actually just that we didn't see it as much or because the feed wasn't there, there was less FOMO. Like, so that could totally, that the old paradigm could be back tomorrow. Yeah. You never know. Never know. So there was some interesting new artists that dropped today, or like one in particular that we have down here who's made a pretty big splash, especially in the last few hours in the secondary SF Bachelor, which I originally thought was like San Francisco Bachelor, but I think it's his initials. initials. It, can, it works both <laughs> ways, right? It could work both ways. Ladies, he's single <laughs> and he made a great drop. It's called Gaiatica and it's project 11113, uh, 255 edition, seven tests. So their Genesis drop, it was sitting in jail for three hours. Came out at exactly the same time as the M. Soriaro. Okay, cool. I mean, there, there were some people who were like, had found it in jail or like now that section is called upcoming, incoming. right? Or coming, incoming. And we're playing with it and we're very into it. It minted out really quickly, five minutes, which is a couple blocks. And it definitely, this was one, if there was one that got flipped pretty quick, it was this Which one. Which is really surprising because I don't think that this artist had been on anybody's radar, so to speak, before it. You know, Genesis drop, you know, not a ton of followers on Twitter relative to some of the artists that we've been seeing. If in my mind, even though this is amazing, its, it's success really kind of came out of nowhere. Which is Which is cool because that's kind of what we like about FX Hash, right? Like, We've seen big names from other platforms come here and underperform. And then we've seen um, presumably single unknown individuals come onto the platform and release a drop and have it mint out almost instantly and then be trading at multiples above the mint price within a couple of hours. And like, you know, Pepe XYZ or EDG, as we now know, just only a couple hours ago, you know, buying these up and talking about them on Twitter as his favorite drop of the day. So that's what's so cool about this. <laughs> you know, there's all these hype drops out there and then people are still paying attention to what's new. Like we're always on the lookout. Looking through these, they are really fantastic. For 255 at 7 Tez, you know, this is a really nice pickup. Yeah, they kind of some of them have a very topographical feel. Some of them are more abstract and and formless like it's really, I don't even know how to describe them, but they're they're pretty rad. Yeah. I don't have any. That's because you were pinching the, the simple things instead. 
Yeah. It's so it's hard when your your attention is divided between mints and also because you can only make one transaction every 30 seconds. Yeah, and also there's a baby in one arm. <laughs> that It gives you two extra arms, right? It, no. <laughs> oh, I thought babies could mint for uh, you. Huh. Maybe in a couple couple years. But yeah, I mean, honestly, so this is like, we're going to have to follow them from the account. Um, you know, maybe they'll, some of their pieces will make their way onto Instagram for us. Um, but super cool. New artists look out for. Yeah. I love, I love seeing that as you said. Uh, all right. You want to pick one? I'm going to bring up the one that you love the most out of every single drop that has ever dropped over the last few months based off of works in progress and spoilers and in my mind, it is also related to the Gaiatica. Just, you know, there's some of the textural reminiscences. You can keep that and don't edit that out. Between that and Crancarda's Adam's Gaze, which is something that we've been co- collectively excited about as a community for a very long time. It's 300 editions. It was a 24 Tez Dutch auction that basically minted out at 24 Tez exactly. And it's a beaut. It almost made it to that second tier. I think it had like 30 seconds left, but I I just was straight minting the entire time. I got four of them. And this was because I've just been tracking this one for months. Like I was a- asking him on Twitter, is this coming out before the end of beta? And then he was like, maybe. But then I think there was like technical issues and you want to do more polish. And then the beta or then, you know, the release was delayed two more weeks. And like, I've been looking forward to this one so much. And I'm not really like a Crankarta. I'm not I'm not a holder of the previous work. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't anything that I ever was like, I have to go seek this out and pick it up or it's a step above. It really shows what you can do or what happens when a platform shuts down for three or four weeks and everybody has more time to work on their stuff. Yeah, a lot we saw a lot of that, I think, today in the quality of of the releases was that that extra month benefited some a lot of artists who we're used to working on maybe like a weekly time frame instead of a monthly. I will say as someone who usually hates on mountains, this is a crystal. I mean, I wouldn't call you know? this a mountain. I'm going to call this I'm a generative crystal. I'm not calling this a mountain at all. If anything, it reminds me of like a cave-like cityscape, something that's kind of carved into the side of a mountain. So maybe it's a cliff. So yeah, there's some like, they range from feeling very like high fantasy to feeling very alien sci-fi to feeling like the inside of a geode, like more, more crystalline. Like it is, you know, in the description, he refers to it as like a crystalline algorithm, like the way that it kind of travels and I guess builds. It animates, which, you know, I'm usually kind of iffy on. In this case, it's not an animated project, though. It it animates to draw. So once it's drawn and animated, then it's done. It's it's not a plus for me, but I'm not holding it against it because I think the animation does one thing here important, which is shows that this is not just like a subdivision project. This is not like how can I draw a bunch of boxes in interesting ways. This is a algorithmic growing project. So if you had just done the flat image, I think you could assume that maybe the way the code worked was more simplistic than it actually is. So that's kind of the one thing that, you know, having not looked at the code and not at all being credible in evaluating it, to me, that's what I infer from watching the animation. It gives away how this was made. And this has a little something and some extra spice, maybe is what, what you're saying. 
great colors. It, I think it's the quality, it's the texture, you know, that really is just outstanding overall. I'm thrilled on it. You know, I waited for my four to reveal and then I picked the one I liked least and shipped it for a pretty nice price. I got 110 Wow. for it from, you know, well-known collector, uh, Mage, went in and picked mine up. And now I've just got these three that I like. I'm more or less break even on them and I can watch them. Like I feel so, I feel happy. This is like, I feel like this is like I manifested, you know, I've been wanting this drop <laughs> for so long. I got it. I had the conviction and I don't know. That's how it's supposed. That's how the playbook's supposed to run. It can, uh, it can also run in different ways. I think I have a slightly different story from you. I only had the test to pick up two and then I was down to basically nothing. And, you know, with the mar- the way that the market has been going, or I guess maybe not going with the sales feed, it's so hard to track and so hard to know. You know, I was seeing early on some minor undercutting of floors. So the first sale was around 40, and then you started to see some getting listed at 38. It was very, very heavily flipped for the most part. A ton went on the market. So I had a moment of panic, and I was, I need Tez so I can mint tomorrow. I need to list this. I listed at 42, which obviously in retrospect was very much too low. The floor is at 90 now, I think. We'll see where it is tomorrow. But it was where I needed to be in order to feel safe because it could have gone the other way. You know, the, the drop that I'm thinking of right now is uh, Nat Sarkissian's California Hills in the Summer. And obviously there are different works where the California Hills, you know, there are just fewer outputs altogether but you would expect it to blow up and be something grand. And then it eventually fell down to back to mint. And so I was really afraid that this would happen. And so, you know, there's always the risk of, do you list? At what point do you list? Do you try to recoup all of your costs? And what happens if the floors keep getting undercut? I think it's really hard to tell. You can never tell the future. Well, and then it is more often than not the case that the price is just going to come down. A lot of the time, taking a double up or close to it, a little less after you factor in the royalty, is like above average result <laughs> for minting. And it, it and I was like, when you pointed out to me how many were listed, I was getting nervous myself because I was like, wow, this thing like sold out at the top tier of the Dutch auction, but it didn't do it in one block. It was like it took the full four and a half minutes. So that's however many blocks, like nine blocks. And uh, to see that many go on. So... I don't know if it was just that people got multiples and decided they were going to mint or, or like list some or what, but it was kind of surprising to see that initial like chunk of volume. Yeah. And some known flippers got in on this as well. So I think that's something that when you see, it's always a bit of a scary moment. Again, not that there's anything like inherently wrong with flipping. It can mean things for if you're trying to seek liquidity. I think the number one stat that I'm most impressed about for this, to be honest, is that it, it over the last seven days, actually, it is the second highest earning mint on the secondary just after, well, a very far second to kindergarten mon- monuments, which is uh, that we, we understand that. So not just the 24 hours, but the last seven days, which includes some runs on small skulls and dragons and oh, RGB right, yeah. and uninhabitable. So 
I still have one left. I'm debating on wanting to on what to do with it. I think my my take, and I'm very happy to hear your opinion on this as well, is that I want to see if this does a fragments of a wave because that is something that you made a direct comparison to this before in the past. And if it gets to the point where it starts to hit the 500, 1000 test price point, which I don't know if it's going to do that, I'm definitely going to list and sell. Selling fragments in the five 600 range during its peak is looking pretty good now. Yeah, you did that. And it, it was really rewarding. And I, but, and I even said like, you know, in our group, I was like, at 500, this is a sell, like, because there's going to be retracements, like every project retraces minus like five in the history of FX hash, right? Like, and fragments is an amazing drop, but even amazing drops are not immune to stalling out and just kind of having their floors slowly erode. So I still held a bunch, a bunch of them, but like you have to, and I would hundred percent support you and like applaud you for making a big sale like that. That would be sick. Cause you'd have a very good shot of buying back in cheaper. if yeah. you ever wanted I think to. The, the biggest difference here is the, uh, the buy-in price. It's super different with fragments because it is five Tez versus 25, which when you're looking at the scale of hundreds of Tez, it makes less of a difference, but it also makes it harder to get that five X or that 10 X or that 100 X that you might be seeking otherwise. And so that's something that's going to play in my mind a little bit. I sold the one I liked less. And so the one I have, I like a lot. But as they say, don't sell your grails. You know, if I need liquidity, there are probably some other pieces that I would go back to and sell first. I think it is fragment-esque because it's a very like texture-based piece and it has great colors. I also kind of see some similarities to like, say, Solace here in, again, like another texture-based piece, another like moody, like people, people really like those solaces, not just for the dunes, but for like what, what's going on behind mm-hmm. them. Right. And this has a lot of variation in that as well. So I'm not saying this is going to do a solace and get into the thousands, but like, it's one, one of the reasons that when I first saw these months ago now that I was like telling everyone, this is it. Like you got to mint these, yeah. right? Like this is, it just seemed like such a high shot at succeeding. But even, even that with that, I took some, I sold one today, right? Like even with that in mind and that confidence, I still sold sold one. For a good profit. And, you know, it it made sense. And if it goes back down, you could always buy back in and snipe one on the secondary that you like. I think that really covers it for like big drops, right? As far as like things that have either were really hyped or it did really well price-wise. I think with the remaining time, we can kind of run through more quickly some other drops that we liked for the day and then some drops that we liked that didn't mint out just to kind of like run through and laundry list it. There were some other cool drops today from like Leander Herzog released a project that I thought was really cool called Aglo. Reserve only at this point. Yeah. only So if you own another one of his pieces and you haven't minted yet, you can go get one. It's a very, very cool animated piece. It's very distinct. It's like kind of like I was going to say, it reminds me of Towers just because of the the up and down mo- like motion. You get a sense that there's a height to the work. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, the only thing it's missing for me is oppressive noise to make it a true masterpiece. <laughs> you can ask to see if that's a, a hidden feature. You just have to push enough buttons and you'll get that. And that one, you know, it wasn't an instant mint, but it, it's it's more or less minted out minus the few that are... I still need to buy one in reserve, yes. 
I, I think you should. I think he's great. You know, Grib, who does plottable stuff, was out today with a, with a cheaper one for him, like plottable fibers, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is did mint out. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some on the secondary that could be picked up. Flora 5, so yes. Punavir had a surprise drop today early on called Yard Sale, a thousand editions free. This is this is the drop where everyone realized that you have to yes. do gas, right? <laughs> this is the one where everyone was like trying to mint and they're like, why? Nothing is working. Is my, why, <laughs> nothing is working. So this is like basically a collection of like 40 or 50 abandoned algorithms or projects that he had worked on just smashed together. Just it is the least wild, cohesive fun, piece you will ever see because every single piece looks so incredibly different. It would have been really cool if he had saved some of these to work on them more and grow them each individually, but also from, from an artist statement, I guess, it's pretty cool too. Cutting his code base losses, I guess, and just saying I'm never, never going to come back to him. Did you get any? I did. I got six because I think so many people were struggling with the gas that it, in figuring out how to mint that I was able to get a bunch. Uh, they haven't revealed yet, so I, and I haven't actually looked. I know you can look, but I haven't. I have done three, it. and they've all revealed, and they're all incredibly different. But one looks like a clear precursor to glass or pain. At least in the color palette. So, yeah. Okay. So the one that I have that is revealed is like that. It's like circles and triangles and stuff, right? Similarly, like T. Boswell released Wildflower and Patchwork, mm-hmm. which was a follow up from Hydrangeas and what's it called? <laughs> oh, Hydrangea and okay. Patchwork. Okay. So I got a few of those uh, again with gas. And those were, so were those supposed to be reserved? I think they were reserved. Because uh, I was able to mint them without owning. I don't Hydrangea. think that all of them were reserved. I think it's one of those things where, you know, I'll list there are 500, a hundred of them will be reserved for people. And so you can mint until you get down to the the last 100, in which case that whoever is still on the reserved list, they can mint. Because of the people struggling, I was getting, got more than I was supposed to get of the open ones. Thomas Noya is back with another project, RTX. I got a couple of those. uh, 3D Manatee released Anagram, which is pretty cool and like different from what type of thing that 3D Manatee usually does. I guess he's kind of moving away from the animated stuff. It's a stuff really big days. evolution from test print, I think. It's using a lot of the same color palettes and it feels emotionally similar. I have one. I like it. I got one. It sold out kind of quickly after it started. It did. It did. It sold out really fast. You know, Nudaru, Action Fields. He's back. I bet we'll see multiple pieces from Nudaru this week because it's been a month. He usually does about one a week. I'm sure he's got a few kind of like lots mm-hmm. and loaded. And then he's been working with a bunch of different paintbrush styles. And so this is the Jackson Pollock one. I'm sure that there are others just in the background waiting to come out. We'll see. He's he's prolific. And then Jerez did Entanglement for free or trying to do it for free and try to do a reserve list. Nothing just, worked out. Unfortunately... <laughs> Something weird was going on with him and no one could mint. And the only way he could get the project to mint was by removing the reserve list. And so it became an open mint. And it was it was unfortunate because some people who like thought they were going to get one couldn't get one because they got, you know, there was only 222. So, but you know what? Free is free. His heart was in the right he place. Tried. And it's honestly, it's really it cool. It is really cool. I like it a lot. I have a theory about this shift we've seen in Jairus's work the last like three three drops or i would say since the since uh, paper trails 
since vapor trails i kind of i i kind of feel like that they got into a relationship or something i feel like like all their older work was like these more muted colors and kind of had like a like more of like a loneliness to it okay and then now we're in this like colorful range and i i'm just wondering like what what caused the shift like because all the new stuff feels like really bright and happy and hopeful and it feels very different to me from a lot of the older work and i'm just like that was just this thing that occurred to me today as i was looking through this Jaris, if you're listening so you tweet at us right. this is now a we gossip. will have you on this the is show now an artist gossip podcast we can talk about your your love life or lack thereof either way so okay there's one that maybe we i don't i don't know i'm, I'm gonna see if you want what you want to say about this one the last one before we I talk needed, about what, the what's myths. the last one tazumi's enlightened journey Ugh. project one zero nine six five 256 editions five tez it did very well on the secondary market. It is the third most popular drop or third most valued drop over the last seven days on the secondary. Not that far behind Adam's Gaze, but obviously very far behind Kindergarten Monuments. So we have two Zancan pieces, sort of. Yeah, I don't think it's even unfair to make the comparison. And did they end up crediting? Yeah. Like Zankan has influence in the yeah, and uh, I know this was a kind of a point. Yeah, in, special thanks to at Zankan for inspiring me to code with nature. I mean, that's definitely what it is. It's coded nature. I am a little. I mean, I guess I should say I'm a little surprised it ended up being still so close to what the Zankan stuff looks like. You know, we saw some work in progress for this over the weeks, and I think there was some pointed feedback in Discord that it didn't quite feel original enough and it felt too close, especially not just in the shapes, but also in the palettes. And I don't know what, do you, what is your, it's obviously like, it's not a copy mint. I want to oh, make sure not. Like, very clear. I'm not saying it's a copy mint and I, I, you know, no one would be so brazen as to like try to take the Zankin code and do it. It's, it's influenced, influenced by. by, but um, I don't know. How do you feel about you it? Know what? I love it when new artists come to the scene and they try new things. So I think Tazumi had said openly that, you know, they just started programming recently. You know, they've been inspired by code or they've been working adjacent to code or configuration for a very long time. But this is like their first foray into actually building something from scratch. I get the sense that they had a ton of fun doing that. You can see that in, you know, the super large amounts of engagement in the works in progress and the feedback critique channels and Discord, which if you don't look at those regularly or if at all you're really missing out you get to see some really great journeys like artist journeys or work journeys through that space and you know i i have to support that it feels a little bit weird to be paying five tests for it maybe i mean obviously there's a ton of work and it's great and it's doing yeah really well in the secondary market you know but for somebody's first piece like this it feels a little bit strange I think on the one hand, it's a little bit like to avoid controversy, to avoid criticism, take another month and try to put more of your own spin on it and really like make it your own. But of course, like everyone has their own time constraints and like whatever, right? So they, they could have very good reasons for just wanting to put it out there. Like maybe they've learned what they needed to learn from this and they're, they're going to move on now and apply those learnings to a new project. And on the other hand, it's the fault of the collectors too for like just being such 
like little piggies when it comes to grass and and and, and flowers Do and like taking any drop like this. People know it's not Zancan, and yet they are minting into this and listing it and flipping it and then driving up the price and like. So in some ways, like I feel like the artist is going to get some burn for this because the secondary is high and it's a an influence buy piece, you know. And it's like not their fault that people are running with it on the secondary and trying to do that right like I, I don't know i think the artist gets a little bit punished by the collectors here like trying to take this you know this study in code and turn it into such a hype drop and it's, it's good like it's not bad right yeah. like it's not like they did a bad job it's just like it came out at the same time as it literally came out at the same yeah. time <laughs> and so i was planning on just maybe minting one or two just to see but i was so wrapped in the zancan hype that I forgot and then it minted out. I I was planning to mint explicitly to flip because I knew people yeah. were going to try to go crazy on this one and be basically be a part of the problem that I just called out, but I missed. Like it was so competitive. Yeah. And actually it caused problems for the Zancan Yazid drop itself because it created a mini gas war at this when when things were trying to mint for a thousand. I'm over here. I'm over here trying to spend a thousand tez, and this rookie is like getting in my way. You know, such <laughs> like, is life. But you know what? The people who got stopped at a thousand ended up getting in at eight eighty eight. So uh, it worked out. They got. They saved some money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this does over time. You know, I just saw the floor literally undercut itself by ten percent. So it's down around forty now. And that was just super recent. It was at forty four, and then it went down to forty. So. Pro tip to anybody who's looking to sell for liquidity, please just list at least 10% below floor if you want to make the sale. That is the trick to doing it. Let's, since I know it's over, this is like becoming a classic episode. We're over an hour. It's not going to be a heavily edited episode because we're recording Saturday night. We're still going to get it out Sunday. Let's just talk about a couple quick drops that are still unminted, that got lost in the noise. Trinity. What were some of your favorites today that people can still go out there and get if they have Tez left to spend? <laughs> the one that I'm calling out is from, I think, one of our collective favorites, Harry Isaac, who minted Cybernetics, which on the surface looks a little bit like it could be a PFP type of thing or layered ping, but it's fully generative. And the reason I wanted to call this project out in particular, it was a Dutch auction. It is down to its resting place of two Tez is that for Will, it's a sound-based project. You can click on it, and you get to hear some really cool melodies coming out. And yeah. so and I, got I some. just <laughs> wanted to make sure you probably have more of these than anybody else. There are only 31 out of 400 minted. And so if you like sound-based projects, which I know Will does, and through the use of Will's uh, DECA gallery that is dedicated to sound, hopefully more people join you on this journey of aural enlightenment. Mm. AU. <laughs> and and get these. And also they, they look pretty rad, I think. They look really rad. You know, visually, it feels closer to a necropod. Oh, I was going to say it was the, uh, the Gio Mariano. Oh, right, right. That's where you're getting the layered kind of comparison since it's like animated and moving it kind of and it has that kind of like fuzz to it like that kind of staticky thing and it to me that's what makes it makes it feel like necropunk okay I, I feel that yeah super cool project
yeah you yeah, can, can hear, hear it that. there plenty it's, it's down to the bottom tier it's super cool go check that out there was another cool music-based project today from rami awad who had like the alphabet whatever it was called right before the beta ended alphabets alphabets plus some other previous work that was sound-based um seven tez they decided to do like a flowery reed type interpretation it's a tribute to the ambient music of harumi hosono who's an artist that i don't know but hopefully they're on spotify and i minted one of these there's still quite a few left i'm probably gonna get one more i usually like to have two of each thing in that gallery so that you can kind of like see the difference and that's not just the same loop for each project right Mm -hmm. like it's really generative music. So that's a cool one. Um, you have another one here. Yeah. I, the other one I hear, here, it's really unassuming. Uh, it's called Eight What by OXM4. <laughs> it's clearly a tribute to Eight Bido or Eight Bido, which has been a huge uh, source of delight to people in the FX Hash break. Um, yeah. It's just an eight by eight pixel grid that uses some awesome and very iconic color uh, palettes from from history. Le Corbusier. Yeah, I actually minted edition number two somehow. I I guess I was more excited about this than anybody else. Yeah, it's super fun. There's still 100 left. It was another Dutch auction that has settled down to 0.2 Tez. Probably shouldn't have minted at one, but, you know, I was excited. (laughs) And so... I recommend that people take a look at this just generally if you want to go back to your 8x8 pixel grids for whatever reason. Generative pixel grids. That's really funny. I had not made the connection to 8 Badoo. I almost held out. I almost did not interact with 8 Badoo the entire time we were on break. But then right at the end, I got in on a few from Devnol because there was only 100 and they wrote their own contract and did like an on-chain thing with it. I almost avoided that that uh, entirely. Um, all right, so the last two I have here are uh, Euphonic from Liam Egan, which is Project Ten Nine Eight Two, which is a massive fifteen hundred editions. But geez, this is so cool that I would fully believe it can support it. Liam Egan doesn't release a ton of stuff, and often they're kind of like behind the scenes mm-hmm. and go overlooked because they collaborate on a lot of projects and. They're not the primary name. You have to kind of read the description to know that they had a hand in things. But this is like a full Liam Liam project. It looks really awesome. You can actually drag around or scroll your mouse wheel to like play with the color and the way the um, lines and shaders interact. So I, I thought that one was really cool. And it's just like a FX hash original community member, you know, putting a piece out there. And then... 1098 it, uh, released a project called Light Bars. This is uh, Project 11,000, 500 editions to Tez. And this is also still available to me. And this one is super cool. I don't, did you look at I this? I did, one? actually. Uh, I looked at it many times and played around with it a little bit. It's kind of like Andalusia. Walls and public spaces. It's not a ripoff of it, I, it's independent. But to me, it kind of like scratches that same itch of being something cool and, it, and it, it's a take it's a play on their earlier work called light cells i think and uh the variations like the variety on colors and i don't know i think it's a really really cool project it's two tez still available 
we still have like 36 hours of being open, something like that, yeah. which is just insanity. We're all going to be test poor by the end. The only thing that I really have on my radar coming up that I'm looking forward to is like, since we don't really know when a lot of these other collaborations are coming, the only thing that we kind of, we know is that the I, Ryan Bell project is coming Monday, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think it has been more or less confirmed for Monday. Yeah. Timing, not sure. That one's going to be five Tez. That's called Sprocket Factory. That's the more, the more I saw of that project, the more excited I got by it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm also looking forward to, there's a new Necropunk coming out in the next day or so. Uh, I don't think we were sure if it was going to come out uh, today or tomorrow. So presumably tomorrow. And there is also a new Jake, uh, Jay Marcusiak coming out. Oh, is that coming out tomorrow? It's not coming out tomorrow. It's coming out in a few days. All right. So we know it's coming somewhere soon. Yes. Yeah, that one looks wild. That one looks really creepy, but Creepy is good, right? (laughs) Yeah, creepy is good. You know, there are some other fun collabs coming out. The uh, Peter Pasma and Ipskitch collaboration specifically. So I I think there's going to be like one big one a day. I think that we'll probably see a tweet or something tomorrow or or one of these big marquee collabs is going to come out tomorrow that would be if i had to make a bet like i don't know if it's gonna be that one but it could be that one or it could be like the iskra x like lieberman right do you have any bets for the price point for the the lieberman iskra collab without seeing it right without even seeing it it's honestly hard to tell and i don't know you know we know what iskra's work goes for on the platform i don't really follow the eth stuff that much so i don't know what his work really commands like blind. I would just guess like Dutch auction starting around two fifty. That's what or I was going to say. And then going down. Yeah. But then I don't know if it would mint out at two fifty. It would really just depend on what these without knowing what the outputs look like. I can't. I don't think we've seen any works in progress quite yet. And some of these could be far away. Right. But a lot of exciting stuff nonetheless. And I think another exciting few days before we settle into our standard 822 cycle or 814 814 right which will start monday so we'll have a 14 hour break after this 48 hour spree and then we'll just go back into like the first cycle of launch first eight hour window and we'll have to rack our (laughs) i hate these eight hour cycles like cannot believe the community voted to keep them this way it's makes no sense i I think that no, they always fall over nighttime for us. Like somehow for like six weeks, four of the five cycles were like at night for us. Like it doesn't actually rotate. Like I feel like it doesn't do what it's supposed well, to do. I think it'd be great. I all. was hoping that we would have the eight hour cycles with the consistent two days off. But it can't do that. So why are we doing this? We've talked about this. <laughs> this is going to be the first first proposal I write is going to be about No, what this I was saying is that it needs to be debate club. <laughs> you know, you need to get different groups from it different does. people like- in a Twitter space, stating their points, and it yeah, it, it can't just be a blind vote with no context about what's going well and what's not, and and but that's how we've been doing it for things like this, and it makes no sense. All right, well, that was a interesting diversion. I think it's great. It was a great first day. I'm so happy that we're back. I'm happy we have content again to talk about. We were really stretching towards the end there. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the episodes a lot easier for us to fill and, and kind of like hopefully 
you know, everyone's put up with us talking about ourselves and all the random stuff we did in the last month. So it's great to be back. I agree. I can't wait to do it again tomorrow. All right, Trinity, you have a good night. Okay. And everyone else get some rest out there. Don't, don't pull two all nighters in a row. See you all next week. All right. Later.